Lord, thank you for tonight. We pray that you would guide and direct us as we look into your word, the book of Hebrews, and that each one of us would grow and be more like you every single day that we live. I pray that we would make the most of our days. Uh, Lord, we would number our days that we might present to you a heart of wisdom when we see you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Hebrews 6, chapter 1, verse 8, uh, 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 verse 1 through 8 is what we're going to look at tonight. And uh, this is considered by many the scariest verses in the Bible, at least in the New Testament, uh, in the sense of uh, it's a major warning passage in Hebrews. So it's kind of fun one to look at and uh, figure out what it says. And uh, it begins with uh, my mission statement for my life. And I would suggest maybe it is yours as well. It says, therefore, leaving the elementary teaching uh, about the Christ, let us press on to maturity. And that little phrase is the mission statement that is mine, press on to maturity. And that means extreme effort to pursue being like Christ, press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, This we will do if God permits. That is, we will press on to maturity and we will grow in character if God permits. And so we'll look at why he may not permit, even though someone would want to do that. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then fall away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance. That's the scary part. It's impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucified in themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. Ground that drinks the rain which often falls on it and brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled receives a blessing from God. But if it yields thistles and thorns, it's worthless. It's worthless and it's close to being cursed and it ends up being burned. So in your notes, number one, therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity. Uh, Grown up maturity means to be like Christ in character. Um, We're fully grown and probably not very many people in this life grow up to their uh, capacity, their ability, uh, their full maximum potential and character to be like Christ. But that's the goal and it is a possibility. Otherwise, it wouldn't be commanded to us to do that. Uh, let us press on to maturity should be the main personal mission statement of every believer in Christ. And so until you get to the point of feeling like you have arrived, that you're perfect in character, you're like Christ, it ought to be the thing that we want and we push for and we work for, and it's not casual, it's very uh, diligent. Proverbs 4.18, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter. Brighter and brighter. That means we grow and grow and grow every single day. Matthew 5, 48, therefore you are to be perfect. Now remember the word perfect doesn't mean sinless. It means complete, mature, grown up in character. But that's the admonition. We're to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. And so he does his part to provide that. And then we need to do ours. Philippians chapter 3. The apostle Paul basically is saying this (coughs) this is my purpose. Not that I've already obtained it or I've already become perfect. 
So Paul's evaluation of himself is that he hadn't yet got there. He was still on the way. But I press on. I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was also laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, one thing I do, and so Paul understood that this was the most important thing, and that's what he's saying when he says this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, that is forgetting about my failures, uh, the things I've done wrong, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on. So twice Paul says that, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So it was his goal to become like Christ in character. Number two, therefore, leaving the elementary teaching. Leaving the elementary teaching, that's again the, sort of the bonehead Bible, basic uh, third grade simple Bible stuff. Let us press on to maturity. So growing and maturing into the image and character of Jesus only happens to those who diligently work at it. So one of the uh, easiest things to have happen in your life and mine as a Christian that goes to church most weekends, reads your Bible every day, spends time in prayer, confesses all known sin, uh, teaches Sunday school class, gives uh, regularly, sacrificially every money, is for us to plateau, even doing all those things. So the basic principle is, though you would be doing uh, the basics, read your Bible, pray, go to church, examine your life, confess all known sin, give your money, worship. If it's the same, it's going to result in pretty soon uh, you will be plateaued. You will not be growing. So uh, life illustrates spiritual truth, regular everyday life. And if anyone is in here that goes to the gym uh, regularly, and so if you lift the same amount of weight on your barbell set that you're working out at the gym and you never add any weight, you just lift the same weight, will you get stronger? No, you will not. You will get to a point where you can lift that weight and then that's as strong as you will get. So we easily will get into a routine. We will get into a comfort zone. We will get to a point where I'm pretty good. I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying and I'm giving and I'm worshiping and I'm confessing sin. And so I'm in this groove and I'm just going to stay right there till Jesus comes. And so you will grow up to when you start doing that. But there comes a point at which you will plateau if you keep doing what you always do. And so more growth requires some added discipline. It requires something new, different, hard. Do something new, do something different, do something hard. If you don't, if you keep doing what you keep doing, always done, you're going to plateau and you're not going to grow. Now the principle that we'll look at tonight is if you plateau and stay there long enough, you're going to be stuck. That is, you will never grow again the rest of your life. You will be plateaued and you'll go to heaven but the goal is per to perfection that is to become like Jesus in character and so the question I ask is am I plateaued have I been in the same spot for a while
What do I need to do different? A new hard that would sort of kick me into uh, a growth pattern. I'm on this diet, and when I first started at January 1, I lost 16 pounds in about 10 days. But for the last 10 days or longer, I have not lost any weight. I haven't gained any. And so some guys that have been on a similar diet have said there's some things you can do to sort of get it going again. One of them is, is to eat everything you normally eat in a day, but eat it in six hours and then fast the other 18. That'll uh, jumpstart your weight loss and you'll start losing weight uh, rapidly again. Oh, well, that's cool. And then another thing is to do this and another thing is to do this. So the principle is you get stuck, you're plateaued doing what I've always done. And so it needs to be something new, different, hard to increase or to start up that weight loss thing again. So it's fairly easy for me to tell if I'm losing weight. I just get on the scale every morning. The question is, are you plateaued in your character growth? Because you don't want to stay there for very long. Um, Philippians 3.12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect. I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was also laid hold of by Christ Jesus. I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Deuteronomy 4.9, only give, yourself, give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently diligently joshua 23 11, take diligent heed to yourself to love the lord your god proverbs 4 23 watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life and so uh, uh, diligence hard work press on the word press on means just give it everything you've got uh, to grow and so never being content with where we are always wanting to grow to our maximum ability Number three, therefore, leaving the elementary teaching. Elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works. A key requirement, key requirement to grow is to receive teaching beyond the elementary simple foundational doctrines that the writer calls milk and move on to some solid food, some meat. So when we talk about what will it take for me to grow, one of the things that God has ordained is that teaching uh, be a key part of our growth uh, input. And, uh, and so you, you basically choose that to happen, whether you come here on Wednesday nights or Sunday morning or you listen to some uh, radio programs or some DVDs uh, or read some books. Uh, you get input from someone that is a teacher, either in written form or in listening to it. That's why I'm such a big proponent of listening to sermons when you're driving and doing other things and reading faithfully, reading regularly books that stretch you and push you and uh, give you new information. Um, Hebrews 5.12, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. So he says you have need again for someone to teach you in order to, to grow and to become mature. Colossians 1.28, this is one of my life purpose verses. We proclaim him, 
admonishing every man, teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete, complete, that means perfect, fully grown in Christ. So that's one of my life verses. I, I, I admonish, that means scold and nag. That's my spiritual gift, so I try to do it well. Uh, and teach every man with all wisdom that at, I get to heaven at the judgment seat of Christ and all those I was uh, responsible for, I see Jesus saying to them, well done, well done. Number four, then have fallen away. It's impossible to renew them again to repentance. There is a judgment from God against those who have fallen away to a point that they no longer can grow. So on the dairy, we uh, uh, had a catalog with Guernsey bulls in it from American Breeder Service. We bred our cars, cows artificially, and so the bulls had prices on them uh, for purchasing the semen to breed our cows with, and the price was based on a what was called a PD or predicted difference, and that was uh, the calf. Uh, that came from the cow, the bull had a predicted difference of 200 pounds. That calf would produce 200 more pounds a year than its mother did. And so if you kept using bulls that were 200 predicted difference or higher, your herd average would go up 200 pounds a year, which is substantial. Uh, That was probably close to, back when we were milking, close to a 10% increase in milk production, or excuse me, a 1% increase in milk production every year, which is considered quite good but one of the laws is that when we raised our calves uh, they had a inherited potential to grow a certain number of pounds a day and if they had one day in which they grew less than they could have because of taking a vacation going fishing neglecting them they would never achieve their maximum potential uh, in milk production even one day of not growing to their maximum potential would show up at the end not doing what they had the inherited potential to do. So I have an inherited potential. That inherited potential comes from my born-again experience with God and the Spirit of God living in me. And God will do His part, and I have the potential to grow, to become like Christ in character. But I can get uh, stunted, as it were, uh, get plateaued because I don't read, don't do new things, don't try hard things take the broad, easy, comfortable way instead of the narrow, hard way, and then I plateau, and uh, there comes a point at which I'm stuck. It's impossible to renew them again to repentance. And I I don't personally want to ever get there where I would not be able to grow, and I would like to max out every single day of my life in the sense of the growth that I can experience uh, from him. Um... Number five, they again crucified themselves, the Son of God, put him to open shame. That's what we do. We often think God as being above feelings, but how we live our life as children of God has a great impact on God our, God as our Father. And so it talks about Jesus being put to open shame, a God feeling remorse. Number six, ground that drinks the rain, which often falls on it, Rain would be, uh, I'll finish the verse. Ground that drinks the rain which often falls on it and brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is tilled receives a blessing from God. 
The rain is probably the various events and circumstances that God sovereignly causes uh, to make us useful for him. And so, again, the, the, the principle is God works in my life. He causes all things to work together for good. He brings trials into my life. He brings people into my life. Uh, he brings teachers into my life. But I have to respond. I have to cooperate. There's things that I need to do. I need to press on to maturity with diligence. So the rain, which often falls on me, and so God r- waters my soul, as it were, so that I can grow. And if I bring forth vegetation, that is, uh, I have a benefit to the people in my life, I receive a blessing from him. The rain is probably the... Oh, I, I, I read you that one. <clears throat> John 15, this is one of my favorite passages one that I've memorized and meditate on regularly. I am the true vine, Jesus speaking to his disciples. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. God the Father prunes me. Basically, it means he farms me. He does whatever it would take so that I can bear more fruit. He prunes me so that I can bear more fruit. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. And so we see bears fruit, bears more fruit, bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, is thrown away as a branch, dries up. They gather them, cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it'll be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. That's what disciples do. Number seven, ground that drinks the rain, which often falls on it and brings forth vegetation, vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also till receives a blessing from God. Vegetation would probably be those skills and abilities that have been developed in us for the sake of others. We learn how to be useful. We learn how to teach we learn how to encourage we learn how to edify we grow in character and therefore are used by god in the lives of other people around us first peter five ten. after you have suffered for a little while the god of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in christ will himself perfect perfect that is make us like jesus confirm strengthen and establish you number eight ground that drinks the rain which often falls on it and brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled I'm tilled, plowed, discs, however you want to use the word, uh, receives a blessing from God. God tills us so that we can bear fruit for him. Being tilled probably refers to God taking us through various trials to develop our character and toughness. And so we have rain which falls upon us. That would be the teaching that he would bring into our life, things that would water our soul, as it were. Then he also tills us. And the tilling sounds a little bit rougher, probably refers to the trials, the tribulations, the difficult days uh, that are designed to develop our character and to make us useful to him. Number nine, ground that drinks the rain, which often falls on it, brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled, receives a blessing from God. Blessing, blessings from God sounds very nice and probably can be any number of good things that come into our life as a reward. 
Somebody was asking me the other day, I really love your kids. They just, your kids are wonderful. They love Jesus. They're great with people. Is there anything you would do different raising your kids? I said, yeah, there is. Looking back on it, I would, I would reward them more. Uh, we used reward, but we were kind of stingy with our rewards. Uh, and I would, I would give them more rewards than we did. I would increase it dramatically, substantially. And I would do it for just about everything there was under the sun. And the reason is, is because as you look at God's method, uh, he is a rewarder. He's a blesser. And he attaches blessing to almost everything he asks us to do. <clears throat> so it's good things that come into our life as a reward for uh, bearing fruit, much fruit for being used by him. Number 10, but if it yields thistles and thorns. So God does the watering, he does the tilling, he brings teachers into our life, all the things that everybody has, but instead of bearing fruit, we yield thistles and thorns, and <laughs> we can imagine what that would be. Uh, it's worthless. Close to being cursed, it ends up being burned. Worthless, good for nothing. Uh, that would be a title that you and I would have if we yielded thistles and thorns instead of fruit. I don't know about you, but I don't really like the thought of being labeled by God as worthless, useless, good for nothing. God sovereignly works in us so that we will bear much fruit for him, but we have the choice. We cooperate. We can produce thistles and thorns instead, which obviously that wouldn't be good things. It would be bad things. Number 11, if it yields thistles and thorns, it's worthless, close to being cursed, ends up being burned. Worthless, good for nothing, useless. I think we can feel it in our spirit. We had 10 goals raising our kids, and one of them was that they would have a very strong, healthy self-worth. And so the uh, objective of strong self-worth was that they would not be influenced by people. In other words, people, kids who have strong self-worth are not... Uh, going to be influenced by peer pressure. They're not going to be influenced by other people's opinions. They're not going to need to impress anybody of anything because the reason kids do that is because they're trying to build their sense of worth and value. And uh, so I, we wanted our kids to be able to stand uh, strong for what was right and what they knew was right. And uh, we uh, knew that the way to do that was to have their be healthy on the inside in their sense of worth and value so that they didn't need to try to bolster that by the way they talked or acted, the clothes they wore, uh, the, uh, being liked by other people. They would know who they were and they would be strong in that. Self-worth doesn't come from accomplishment. Self-worth doesn't come from pleasing people. Self-worth comes from God. We can get some self-worth from people, but it doesn't last very long and it has a diminishing return. When we get it from God, then it's real, it lasts, and uh, it can uh, face all kinds of uh, ridicule because when you feel good about who you are, you know who you are, you're uh, you know you've got worth and value, then you're a strong individual and you can stand strong against all kinds of ridicule and opinions and you don't become a people pleaser. And so when we truly are growing and serving God, he will communicate that pleasure to us and we will feel his pleasure. We will sense his pleasure. And if the opposite is true, if we're yielding thistles and thorns and not growing and plateaued and doing nothing 
and the, the title that God puts on our name, behind our name is worthless, good for nothing, we're going to feel that. We're going to sense that in our spirit. And there's going to be this sense of no value, worthless. And so we'll try to make that up by being people pleasers. Number 12, if it yields thistles and thorns, it's worthless, close to being cursed, it ends up being burned. Being burned. Being burned is probably a reference to the judgment seat of Christ and our works being burned up, not us. Our thistles and thorns, uh, the stuff that's not worth anything, gets burned at the judgment seat of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.13 Each man's work, work will become evident the day, that's the day we stand before Jesus, will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. The fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up because it's thistles and thorns, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire. And so everything that we have done uh, will, will be burned up. So let me... Uh, Talk again about this new, different, hard. Um, one of the things I have is a list, and uh, things pop into my head periodically uh, of things to do that are new, different, hard that would jumpstart my growth or accelerate my growth so that I can grow as rapidly as I possibly can. And uh, I don't know if you think of those kinds of things. If you were to ask me, what could I do to jumpstart my spiritual growth? Just kind of kick it into another gear. I'd ask you if you'd ever gone on a short-term missions trip. There are very few things as powerful and as effective as a short-term missions trip to jumpstart your spiritual growth. Uh, I would ask you what you did in the last five days of prayer. And uh, nothing is quite as powerful as that either. Corporate prayer with the church family is very powerful for jumpstarting your spiritual growth. And so if you came one hour or 40 minutes in the last one, I'd say try five and see what that does. And um, so there's all kinds of things, and it doesn't even need to be spiritual. Maybe you could make a goal to go skydiving. You say, what's skydiving got to be to do with growing spiritually? It really doesn't have anything to do with it other than the choice that's hard, where you conquer your flesh that is chicken and fearful and you do something in spite of the fear that you feel that develops character and often that'll jumpstart your growth as well new different hard uh, you might decide to take piano lessons and learn to play the piano even though you're 70 years old say why would i want to do that well because it's new it's different it's hard and the very effort of doing that would jumpstart your spiritual growth um, so I have a long list. I have probably 300 things on my list of things that are possibilities, things I could do this next year that are different. I want to learn something different every year. I want to do something different every year. I want to go someplace new every year as a way of keeping my growth uh, going upward and not plateaued. So the principle, again, is if you stay plateaued long enough, you will get stuck. You will not be able to grow. It will be impossible for you to grow 
ever again, and you don't want to get to that point. That's sort of like dying before you die. Uh, when you stop growing spiritually, if you stop becoming like Christ. So we want to be able to say every day, I'm pressing on to maturity. There's one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, pressing on toward the goal, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, that is becoming like him in character as much as I possibly can. So what I am in character, the day I enter glory, that's who I am. And so I want to be as much like him as is possible. So I press on, and it requires me doing something new, different, hard. And so I have a whole list of new, different, hard that I can do uh, periodically in my life to keep my growth going up and not plateaued. So if you want any ideas on that, you can ask me and I'll share it with you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. We love you very much. We pray that you will give us a a holy fear (coughs) of plateauing, Lord, especially of backsliding and One of the principles is if we stay plateaued long enough, we will eventually backslide. So I pray that every one of us is pressing on to maturity. We have a goal of becoming like you in character, and we're always thinking about how we're doing and and whether we have grown and what we can do to increase that, to accelerate that growth more and more. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.